Welcome to Modern Marketing Messages, the leading podcast discussing the latest and greatest in both online and offline marketing tactics, strategies, and trends. I'm your host, Taylor Carg, marketing content writer at AmericanEagle.com. Today's episode is going to be all about Google Analytics 4. As many of you are aware by now, well, we hope most of you are aware by now that Google announced the sunsetting of Universal Analytics, which will occur on June 30th, 2023. On July 1st, 2023, Universal Analytics, or UA as it's called, will no longer be collected. Only Google Analytics 4 or GA4 data will be. If what I just said sounded like gibberish to you, you're not alone. I was just as confused as to what all this means when I first learned about the transition. So to help all of us gain a better understanding of GA4 and what the transition means for your data and your website as a whole, I have here with me Charles Rowe, data and analytics strategist at AmericanEagle.com. Charles, thank you for joining me today. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, Taylor. Can you explain a little bit you know, about what you do for us at AmericanEagle.com, including how long you've been here? Yeah, absolutely. I've been with AmericanEagle.com for a year. My background is obviously deep into analytics. Um, I've also got a bit of a finance background. Before I was with American Eagle, I had a startup, which was a data management company. And so I'm, I'm quite well versed in uh, what's going on in the analytics world. If you find yourself enjoying the sound of our voices at the end of this episode, Charles, myself, and AmericanEagle.com digital strategist Simon Mandel recorded two other episodes all about analytics, which can be found on whichever platform you're listening to Modern Marketing Messages on. Excellent. I'm ready to go. All right, Charles. Jump on in. Let's get into it. And I think there's no other place to start other than Can you just explain what Google Analytics 4 is? Yeah, I sure can. So let's give a little context to what GA4 is. Most of the people who it is that we talk to have got an expectation that this is simply an upgrade of Google Analytics. So in the past, when you had Google Analytics 1 and then Google Analytics 2 and then the next iteration, which is Universal Analytics, it was like upgrading your phone. So if you had an iPhone, you would go from version 9 to version 11 to version 13, and it was very, very simple for you to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you did it, you would have your data that would all just transfer on over, and your phone would work on the flip of a switch. So nice and easy. But the transition from Universal Analytics to GA4 is like changing phones. Now you're going from an iPhone on over to an Android. And these two things couldn't be any more different. And the part that's so important for people to understand with this is that your data, number one, is not going to move over from Universal Analytics on over to GA4. Like I said, it's just like going from an iPhone on over to an Android. Yeah, there's no iCloud on there's the no Android. There's no iCloud. <laughs> Nothing is happening that allows your data to go on over. Your photos aren't going over. Your contacts aren't going over, et cetera, et cetera. And the data that's associated with it is definitely not going over. And so that's the first thing to know is that that data, when they say it's being shut off, it is also not moving on over with you. So that's the first point that's really important to note. The second, that's a big one. Yeah, that's yeah, a big one. That's a big point it's, to note. It's not a small thing that we're talking about here. The second thing to note is that even if you were to try to take your data, this is all this historical data it is that you've got, and compare it to GA4, so you say, hey, all it is that I'm going to do is I'm gonna just going to pull them up side by side, and I'm going to be able to compare, and everything is going to be hunky-dory that way. It's, yes, hunky-dory, I did say that. Um, no, that's not the case either, 
because the data does not translate well. At this point in time, what we are seeing is things like user data and session data that is 10% off from Universal Analytics on wow. over to GA4. And that is what it is that we would consider to be standard um, and not outside of the type of error it is that we're seeing. And so when you try to go to compare things like, hey, what's my trend of my sessions and the people who are coming to my website? When you go on over to GA4, it's just going to change. And one of the things it is that's a gigantic question mark with that right now is today it might be 10%, but no one knows what Google's going to do as far as the data yeah. collection methods are concerned. Yeah. And so that could be 5% tomorrow. It could be 7% tomorrow. It's completely unknown. And so this is where it is that from a trend standpoint, you're just simply not going to be able to utilize your old universal analytics data and compare it to your GA4 data. Now, that's not to say that you might not want to keep and hang on to your GA4 data. You might want to continue to look at those historical trends and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. but it's really not going to be something that you're going to be able to compare with the GA4 data going forward. What do people need to do to even like prepare themselves for the transition along with the transition from UA to GA4? Yeah, you bet. So um, we are recommending a two-step process. Whenever it is that somebody's looking at their analytics, they want to see what it is that's going on with their website. And yeah. hopefully everything is going up and to the right. Uh -huh. You want more people to come to your website. You want them to be more engaged with your website. You want them to fill out more forms or buy more things on your website. And so that's what it is that you're looking to do with it, is to have that historical data to be able to make those comparisons. So with step one, what you need to do is you've got to have a bank of, you've got to have data in the bank for you to be able to make those comparisons. What you want to do is gather data side by side as quickly as you can, hopefully nine to 12 months worth of data to be able to have this, to be able to make some decisions on what's going on with your site. So yeah. step one is, implement all of the data collection things that you need to do in order to be able to gather this data. Um, now that process is more complicated um, than most people think. It looks like it might be a really straightforward thing mm -hmm. where you, once again, you flip a switch, GA4 data is being captured. Uh, well, no, not quite. Yeah. Um, there's usually a little bit more that's going on with it. So that's the first step. Step one is make sure you've got data. So when it comes time for step two, which is in about nine to 12 months with what it is that we're recommending to everyone, that's when you actually start utilizing the GA4 metrics. So at that point in time, most people are gonna just make a hard pivot. They are going to simply stop using universal analytics and the historical data that's associated with it. They're just gonna start using their GA4 data uh, moving forward. And that's just kind of uh, a practical reality, which isn't necessarily a lot of fun to hear. <laughs> But unfortunately, it's probably the direction it is that you want to go in. And like you said, you know, it could be different for, you know, each person. Is it, are you finding this process to be more difficult than people think it is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. We kind of see things that are falling into three buckets. One is where they have started out their GA4 process and absolutely no data is being captured whatsoever. So they just um, like made an account and yeah, haven't really like, hey, I think dug into the... I think this is going to work. Okay. And nothing is getting collected. <laughs> no data is getting collected. Um, I think our numbers right now are about two-thirds um, oh, is wow. what it is we see mm -hmm. with that. And then the next bucket is where I've got really basic data that's being collected, but none of my events and goals are being collected. And 
that's the most important data on your website. Yeah. Because those are the things that are tracking your KPIs. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you want to know exactly what the performance of your website is. You want to know what those KPIs are. Um, so that's the second level of what it is that we typically see. And that's running at 30 plus percent of the other setups it is that we see. And so the very tiny amount that is left over is someone and clients who have set it up fully. It looks to be working properly. We will do a quick check on settings um, just to make sure that the settings it is that they've got turned on are the ones it is that they're going to want. At this point in time, I have seen one setup done correctly. Holy smokes. Um, <laughs> and that is, uh, was a very, very basic site. Um, it didn't even have any events and goals that were associated with it. And so we've seen one. Um, so the percentage of people who are doing that, uh, that's pretty small. So that's why you guys are continuing to emphasize how important it is to set it up now, because when all of your universal data gets shut off, you're not going to have anything to compare apples to apples, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just do I actually have data, but do I have all the data I want. Yeah. <laughs> you could be sitting here saying, oh, I started that a year ago. I'm good to go. Well, if it's only your surface level data, that's going to be a little not, difficult. That's to... probably not going to help you a lot yeah. either. So are there ways for people to keep a record of their old analytics? How do they say they need that historical data? How do they keep a record of that stuff if yeah. it doesn't transfer over? Yeah, you bet. So um, once again, um, for the most part, for many, many, many people, it's not going to, it doesn't make a lot of sense to worry about that question. Okay. Because the data just doesn't translate. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, that is certainly not the case for everyone. Mm -hmm. There are certainly plenty of clients that is that we have that are highly dependent on multiple year over year data points that they need to see. Um, and with that, there is some custom work that we can do, some workarounds it is that we can do to capture that data and drop it into a database. What it is that you will have out of the box is six months that Google is guaranteeing that you'll be able to see your old analytics. And then that will all completely disappear, assuming that they keep to that timeline. Yeah, um, which is so, not a very long time. Which is not, yeah. a, not a long time yeah. in the least. <laughs> um, they really are sunsetting this thing. It really is disappearing. So, for example, what it is that we can do for the, our more technically sophisticated friends is we can utilize their API in order to ping it and be able to pull data down and drop it into BigQuery or some kind of other database. Okay. And Google itself has, has been willing to make some exceptions for sites that have a lot of data because that API is limited to 50,000 records um, that is associated with wow. it. And okay. so if you've yeah. got a lot of data, you know, and you've got, say, 25,000 rows of data that's coming down every yeah. single day. Well, what does that mean? It means I can get today's data and yesterday's data, and that's, and that's it. it. Yeah. I can't get two days ago. I can't get three days ago. Or what I can get is tomorrow and two days ago, and the day after that and three days ago. Well, that's just not a process that's particularly going to really work in order to be able to grab that. So there are some workarounds that are associated with it. The question is how much it is that you are dependent on how far back your lookbacks are from yeah. what it is that you're making your decisions. This is just a question that you probably don't even know the answer to, but is Google making it pretty difficult to, you know, get to these workarounds and have the process of getting more data than the allotted 50,000? Yeah, it's it's challenging. They are making exceptions with the 50,000 and 
there's no discernible pattern yeah. um, as far as why it is that they're saying yes or why it is that they're, they're saying, saying no. no. Mm-hmm. And if we are doing that work around with you, and of course, by the way, I should certainly mention that AmericanEagle.com can help you with that. It's certainly something we can do. It's just, it's simply a challenging process because you don't necessarily know how many data points it is that you got in there yeah. per day. Or like um, how much you will actually need, you know, to make those decisions. You, need, you bet. And so it's not the simplest of things. But Doesn't sound like it. It is not. <laughs> um, but um, again, there are going to be certain companies really need to be able to get into that. They need to be able to dig into it. I mean, that's certainly something it is that we can help you help you with. So let's talk about the differences. Oh what, are, what are the big, I know there's a ton. <laughs> let's just hit on a few, but what are the biggest differences that stick out to you? You know, as someone who is very ingrained into data and analytics on a daily basis, what are these biggest differences? Yeah, you bet. So first things first, let's make a note that we did have a webinar that's associated with this and we did get into fairly good granular detail that's associated with it. And so we're going to go ahead and have a link in the notes for this podcast so that people can go to that webinar in case they're hearing something and saying, I need more details. Yeah. Obviously, you can go to that webinar and, and check some of that out. It's also fantastic because there will be other questions that we're not addressing here um, that we got a chance to talk about there. But Love the SettleAmericanEagle.com plug. Yes, we all, but, we're big fans. But well, yeah, we'll drop the link to that to download that webinar in today's show notes for everyone. So. Yeah, of course. And let's just also make this clear. If you've got some specific questions that you'd like answered or you want to have a phone call with us, feel free to reach out. We're certainly more than willing to, to set aside some time and, and do that. But obviously what it is that we've done is dug into how the data itself is pretty different. The other thing it is that's going to be most obvious to our listeners is the actual detail. DA4 reporting dashboard. Okay. And that looks, the look and feel of it is extremely different um, from what it is that you are seeing in universal analytics. And, you know, naturally, whenever it is that you've got something that looks that different, it's going to feel kind of foreign. Mm-hmm. It's not going to feel like something it is that you're used to and, and that sort of thing. But there is something that's really important to note with that, and that is that the number of canned reports that are in universal analytics and a lot of reports that people are used to seeing in there, they're not going to see in GA4. One of the nice things about GA4 is it's got more flexibility. It's got the ability to do more things. But with that comes the fact that you need to be able to understand how to use the tool Mm -hmm. so that you can replicate reports that you're used to seeing in universal analytics, um, as well as create custom reports that you're going to want to see there. So that's the other a uh, big thing that a lot of people have probably already noticed if anyone has actually jumped in to take a look at any of the dashboards. Yeah. Um, they're certainly going to be seeing that and that sort of thing. So the other obvious thing, of course, that we, we talked about is timeline. It, typically within Universal Analytics, you're seeing a lot more historical data. With GA4, you're only going to get data that you start collecting today yeah. and whenever it is that you're utilizing those uh, metrics that are in the future. One thing that I should note, by the way, as far as the new dashboard is concerned, we're recommending, uh, once again, to clients that they start using the new metrics once it is that they've got historical data. I should put a time frame on that. Yeah. Um, we're recommending that at the end of Q1, um, beginning of Q2 of next year, that you start to familiarize yourself with it um, so that as you get closer to that June 30th cutoff date. The inevitable uh, day. The inevitable <laughs> day. We can just call it um, Armageddon. Um, for the rest of us. Um, But uh, once it is that you get to that day, um, if you've started to kind of familiarize yourself sometime at the end of Q1 and Q2, you'll just be able to make a much smoother transition for you. 
So it's kind of like preparing for Y2K, which is something I'm familiar with. But anyone else who's a younger listener yeah. is going to say, <laughs> what in the world is it that you're talking about? <laughs> but doing that kind of preparation work is certainly going to be pretty important. Other major changes that are taking place. Some of the actual metrics themselves are changing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about those because I remember those. that was one of the big things we talked about when we were you know, preparing for these episodes a few months ago. And we were like, things are different. Yeah. <laughs> They're different. Yeah. Um, there's two quick things that we want to mention there. One is that bounce rate's going away. Oh, yeah. Um, which yeah. is a pretty core metric that most people look at. It's being replaced by something called engaged users. Google has got a, a lengthy definition that goes into, hey, here's what uh, an engaged user will do on your site. So you can Google that, of course, and, and find out what's going on with that. And then the other thing that's, that's pretty critical is just kind of the nature on how it is that they grab data. And it's you know, based off of events. Events, um, And okay. so events, everything is event-driven within GA4. Well, what's an event? That's any time it is that somebody interacts with your website. Okay. So things like page views. Page views don't really exist within GA4. There is an event that tracks page views mm. that are in there. And that... That starts to become pretty important because here's another difference that's going on with GA4. When it comes to your event level data, and that's the vast majority of your data in GA4 these days, you're only able to save it for 14 months. Really? Um, as opposed to with universal analytics, you could save it for 26 months or um, as many as 49 months. Now, your real basic data, um, high level stuff, that's going to be saved beyond the 14 months. But once again, your KPIs are the things that are the most important, and that's only being saved for 14 months. So everyone here might be sitting there going, oh, that's great. Well, what is it that I do with that? Well, here's another aspect of GA4 that's different. With GA360, for our GA360 listeners, you know that you're able to take all of your data and drop it into BigQuery. Well, that's going to happen in, sorry, excuse me, BigQuery is a database that Google offers um, that allows you to store all your data. What is GA360? I've never even heard of that. GA360 is the enterprise level version of Google Analytics. Okay. It is for those who have very, very large websites, particularly if you've got large e-commerce websites. Okay. That costs $150,000 a year. Um, okay. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's, most probably it's don't have everyone. that. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> not for everyone. But BigQuery is a database that Google offers. And one of the nice things with GA4 is that you can download all of your data um, into BigQuery and you can save it there. Nice. Um, and there's some significant advantages uh, for advanced analytics that are going to be taking place with it. So would you um, be able to, you saved whatever it is, I forgot which one, for 14 months. Mm -hmm. and so you can download that data into BigQuery so that you can save it. You as would have it to look at to. That after. That is okay. absolutely correct. Now. A couple of caveats with that. It doesn't cost anything to download the data into BigQuery. It doesn't cost very much to be able to store the data in okay. BigQuery. That's a very inexpensive, almost considered trivial cost. The question is when it comes time for you to export your data or query your data. If you actually want to take a look at what's going on with those metrics, you've got to pull it out of the database. Mm. And that's where it is that Google starts to make its money. You've got limitations as far as what's the free amount of data it is that yeah. I can pull out of BigQuery. And uh, there's a pricing structure that's associated with it. And so if anyone is sitting there saying, hey, you know what? I think Google's trying to make money off of this. That's where it is that they potentially will be able to do so. So um, that's certainly another uh, pretty big aspect of uh, what it is that we're seeing that is um, so different with this. Um, I did mention, of course, before, but I'm going to emphasize it again. 
you're going to have a lot more customized reports in GA4. Um, that's certainly something that um, is pretty different. One of the other things that is that I want to throw out there, too, um, is e-commerce. Okay. E-commerce data is pretty tricky to gather within GA4. This is where it is that you're going to want somebody highly technical to set up your GA4 tracking because it just involves a lot more um, as far as hard coding things into your site and into potentially your e-commerce platform in, in order to be able to grab that data. A couple of other things that is that I want to throw out as far as things that are different with it. You can also integrate your app data um, oh, with okay. um, GA4, which is just really, really nice for those clients or potential clients out there that are And that are wasn't in interested. UA, right? That is, well, they tried to do it in UA. And they were incredibly unsuccessful in doing so. So it was like, oh, hey, yeah, I'd love to have my app data that's in there. And let's take a look at it. And, oh, no, it's wrong. (laughs) Um, So um, they have perfected that methodology so you can pull in your data both from iOS as well as Android. Here's the funny thing. I don't think you can do it from the Google Pixel phone, um, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, right. Um, But (laughs) No GA4 um, in your Google phone. (laughs) Exactly. What's... Okay, yeah. So um, there's that aspect of things, which is um, certainly great as well. Another thing that is something that has not been well tested at this point in time, but we do think is going to be highly advantageous with GA4, is what's going on with privacy laws. Okay. Um, Certainly Mm -hmm. what everyone who has got any kind of privacy cookie consent form on their site is seeing is if someone is saying, no, I don't want you to track my, my data, you're getting less data into your Google Analytics. Yeah. And uh, of course, it's not just the cookie consent, it's anyone who's got a privacy blocker on their actual, you know, whether it's traditionally, of course, it's Safari. Yeah. Safari. Um, or Google with, Chrome. Uh, Google or Chrome or anything along those lines. That's, uh, you're, you're just starting to see less data. Um, so one of the things that is nice is that uh, Google is applying some machine learning algorithms to try to fill those holes. Really? Um, okay. Where they are trying to do deep dives to say, uh, well, what is it that we think is missing? Um, so you can do what's called blended data uh, as far as your data source is concerned and try to get estimates uh, as to what it is that you're missing. Now, question is, how good is it? The answer is, I have no idea yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's certainly something that's in flux, and it's certainly something that they'll be improving uh, over time. But yeah, yeah. We actually suspect so I'm not Google. I can't give any opinions. Oh, on what you are? Right. I know I'm not. <laughs> You're certainly not knowledgeable kind of, enough on this I do, topic. I do Could not have, have that kind of repository <laughs> of data. Let me assure you in my brain. But one of the things it is that is, and this is pure speculation, um, is that Google is seeing these gaps in data and they obviously use all this data for setting ad prices and things of that yeah. nature. And so one of the things it is that we think is going on is that they're saying, hey, we're losing data. And so we need people to get over to GA4 so that we can use the machine learning algorithms to be able to fill in those gaps. Uh, And obviously, they've chosen not to do that with Universal Analytics. However far ahead we think we are, Google is light years ahead. (laughs) Most likely. um, They tend to make machine learning algorithms in my brain. But no, no, that's that's not true. Thank goodness um, for that. That makes me my much, much happier that that's not the case. Let's go ahead and let's polish this off lastly with uh, attribution models. Yeah. Oftentimes when we've got our marketers out there, they know that their, their customers are coming to their sites multiple times before they 
buy something, yeah. fill out a form, et cetera, et cetera. And that can make it really difficult to figure out, hey, how are my people getting there? Because they could start out by getting there from a paid ad. Yeah. Or they could be getting there from a uh, from their social network. Or they could then the next time come to them by just directly typing in the URL into their browser. Or then they could the third time decide, hey, I'm just going to do a Google search. Up they pop and they go ahead and go into the website. And I'm guilty and, of all of that when I'm right? online yeah. shopping. <laughs> I, I think we all are. Yeah. Um, and so before what it is that you had is you were only able to see the last method that somebody took to get to your website for that kind of attribution. Um, and one of the nice things about GA4 is you can mix it up a little bit. You had the ability within Universal Analytics to create custom attribution mm -hmm. models, but those are pre-canned attribution models within GA4. And we suspect and think for most clients that those canned models are going to cover most of your situations. And so you won't have to work on trying to figure out and create those custom attribution models oh, um, nice. to find okay. uh, how it is that somebody is getting to your site. So. Yeah, you know, and I'm actually looking at my notes, Taylor. I do want to add one last thing of course. Uh, to this. It's pretty different. Yeah, A lot of times people will have different views in their views. Google Analytics. Okay. Um, so they've got uh, their account, they have got their property, and then they've got views that are associated with it. Those views frequently have filters that are associated with them. So that, say, for example, somebody is an international company and what they want to do is to be able to filter. So they only need to see United States traffic. Yeah. Or they then want to segment it out and be able to only see their European traffic. Um, and so there are some really easy ways in Universal Analytics to create multiple views that allow you to do that. That doesn't happen any longer in GA4. That goes away. So definitely, as far as we're concerned, not such a good thing. Um, I was just going to ask if there was any you know major drawbacks we should be aware of. So I guess this is yeah, definitely one we that's that I'm one glad of you them. touched upon. And I do need to, and there is a way to do it. I don't want to say, oh my gosh, there's absolutely no way it is that I can do this. I'm completely, um, well, let's not use the vernacular for that. Um, but um, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, but you can't do it on the reporting side of things. Um, this once again gets into why it is that you've got to know the tool better, which mm -hmm. is just frankly, it takes more work. And let's be honest, a lot of our listeners out there are probably cringing when they're saying, I've got to learn this tool better in yeah. order to make it work well. So, but yes, the answer to that is uh, any kind of uh, filters that you got on your views are most likely going to go away. With each point that you've made, I guess maybe this is, you know, the writer in me, but I just always want to be like, why, why, why is Google doing this? And I know, you know, we really have no way to know what they're thinking, what they're doing or what the purpose of this stuff is. But I'm like, there's so many things like, why are you getting rid of that? Why, are you, you know, that kind yeah. of. Yeah, and we did touch on a couple of those speculations. Yes. Let me again reemphasize that. Speculations. Speculations. <laughs> um, it's Capital. Apparently, it's apparently my favorite word for today. <laughs> um, everyone in the office is going to say, why are you talking to yourself and saying speculation over and over again? <laughs> but it's my word of the day. We, uh, we are also wondering if there is anything that's going on with privacy laws, to, uh, the intense scrutiny that Google is under because of that. Yeah. Um, so that's a possibility mm -hmm. as well. So when are most marketing professionals switching their stuff to GA4 and what is the best way to complete that transition? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I cannot emphasize this enough. This is a two-step process. The process begins today where you start today. to collect your GA4 data. Maybe I should make that my word of the day. Um, <laughs> you uh, uh, want to be collecting that data right away. Now, once again, 
you're not going to have any data to be able to use, uh, to be able to use the new metrics, to use the new dashboard, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's recommended timeline is next year. So for most marketing professionals, it's in our marketing professionals, they understand. They yeah. know why it is that this historical data is necessary. Um, so that begins today. And then step two is a year from now. Awesome. So say I, I just activated GA4. What do I do now? Um, Am I good to go? What What's next? Yeah. So the first thing it is that I would say is, are you sure it's right? <laughs> Probably not knowing um, me. But. <laughs> so that's the first question is that I've got for you. Um, are you feeling good? And I mean rock solid good yeah. about the data quality that's coming in, meaning starting with Am I getting all the data it is that I need to have that's in there? As we mentioned earlier, we're not seeing that happen on a consistent yeah. basis. And so that first step is, yes, set up the data collection. Step two is let's make sure that it is actually happening correctly. Obviously, you can go in and you can test your data. Just put your Google Analytics up side by side with your GA4 data and take a look at your surface level data. Check your events, check you know, at your e-commerce, check your et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you're going to want to go through the entire dashboard um, and just make sure that all of that data is translating correctly. And again, keep in mind the degree of error that we're talking about yeah. um, on your high level things, your session information, your user information, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That data is going to be up to 10% off um, when it comes to your events. We like to see things tighter than that. Around 2% yeah. error is what we like to see with that. Okay. So that's step two. And then once it is that you're saying, okay, I'm confident data's happening correctly, what I would say is just kind of try over the course of the next year to keep your fingers on the, the harp strings mm -hmm. um, and uh, check to see if there's any major changes that are going on. One of the things, by the way, as far as data quality is concerned that we should throw out there for folks is that most of our marketing folks are going to be utilizing UTM codes with their paid search, with their paid social, et cetera, et cetera. UTM codes, of course, are the things that identify uh, the source of your, your traffic. And there are significant problems with UTM code data collection within GA4. And it's causing major data quality issues wow. um, as far as the channels um, and seeing your channels that are coming in. We are only expecting for that to get changed and remediated at yeah. some point in time. When is one of the bigger questions yeah. that's associated with mm -hmm. that. But that, uh, a lot of that channel data is just simply off. Um, and we're seeing very large um, disparities with that, up to 40%. Oh, um, yeah. it's, it's pretty bad. But that does not mean your setup is incorrect. Um, it simply means that uh, Google might be making a lot of errors yeah. for you. It's a work um, in progress for everyone, I guess. You it's know, it's new. It's, we're all working through this. Yes. That doing is, it together. That is absolutely <laughs> the case. And, you know, of course, we're talking about a free tool yeah, um, and everything that goes along with a, something that's a free tool. And so you know, it's going to cost something for you to make the uh, GA4 setup. You, know, you get used to not having to pay anything. And you're saying, oh, I shouldn't have to pay Why for this. Why should I spend money I on yeah. spending money on getting mm -hmm. my data? This is one of those very few times where you are going to have to spend a little time um, in some kind of investment that you're going to be yeah. making in order to be It's an important to, to investment. It yeah. certainly is. And, you know, one of the other things I would say is that Oftentimes, we're seeing people who are uh, using only baseline analytics in order to be able to really make decisions on their website. What I would say to that is more and more and more people are looking to become data-driven. 
and marketers and marketing professionals are being asked by people in finance, their CEOs, what's going on with the data. Yeah. Um, they want to be able to see it. And so certainly one of the things that is that you, one of the places you could be at right now is I'm not using a lot of my data. Well, that's today. Are you rock solid certain that you're not going to be using that data tomorrow? And so that's uh, something it is that we would throw out there for you as well. Uh, if you're being asked tomorrow to start being a little bit more data-driven yeah, and you don't have any data from today, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, and I think it's important for you know everyone who works in this kind of stuff to at least be aware of the data behind their website and like, what's the point of spending all this money having a website, running a business if you're not understanding what's going on underneath the hood? 100%. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's being suggested that, and you mentioned this earlier as well, that people run UA and GA4 in parallel until UA is turned off. Is this better than just making the clean switch or kind of what's your thoughts around that? Yeah, absolutely. And our two-step process speaks to that exactly. Um, I was part of why we have this question is um, to be very explicit um, mm -hmm. about this point. Yes, that's what it is that you're doing is you're running UA and GA4 side by side. Um, you'll be using the universal analytics metrics over the course of the next year. And then a year from now, when UA goes away, that's when it is that you'll transition on over and only be running with GA4. How do you retrieve your data from Google Analytics 4 when you do make the switch? Yeah. What are you guys suggesting to all of our clients? What's the best way you know, to retrieve and preserve? Yeah. So um, we talked a little bit about what was going on with BigQuery. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and we talked uh, a little bit as, as well about just the new reporting functions. Mm -hmm. And those are two really big aspects of that. One of the things that is that um, this does bring up is what is it that I can do with the data once it's in BigQuery? Yeah. And um, our response to that is we are looking forward as data and analytics people. Uh, as to be they do. Able, as we do. <laughs> I have got my gigantic nerd glasses on right now for anyone who's not looking on YouTube. I'll have buck teeth that will be coming at some point in time as well. Um, just become your emoji. The, uh, there are advanced analytic capabilities because your data is actually going to be in BigQuery, which is things that we're um, really looking forward to as far as uh, possibly being able to apply machine learning to be able to find uh, weak spots and strengths on mm -hmm. your website. Awesome. Well, Charles, you shared a ton of super important information today. I know I already learned a lot about GA4, and I know our listeners will too. So can you just quickly summarize the key points so that our listeners can just come away from this, that they know that they learned at least something? Yeah, you bet. It really comes back to the two-step process. One, That's the, the word of the day today. Two-step process? <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, today, you want to, today, as quickly as you can, start to gather the data itself. And then the second is, uh, once it is that you feel confident that your data is being gathered, uh, not worry about it, really, um, until it comes time to actually use the new metrics and let those metrics tell the story of what's going on with your website. Awesome. And to end the podcast, you know, we have to do our subtle AmericanEagle.com plugs. Please do. What are we offering our customers to help them through this transition? Yeah, you bet. So as you can probably well guess at this point in time, because we're seeing so many setups that are not being done correctly. The first How many thing did you say is, you saw one correctly? Yeah, one. we're seeing one. <laughs> and uh, that's out of uh, over 100. 
Uh, So what it is that um, we're recommending is that you let us take a look and audit your process and just take a quick glance, see what it is, where it is that you find within those levels and where it is that you're at with your setup. The other thing, if you haven't started the GA4 process at all, what we can do is go ahead and take a look at your universal analytics setup in full. And out of both of those things, we will then turn around and say, okay, here's what it's going to take in order to be able to fix that as far as level of effort uh, that's involved with it. And so those are the, the two big things it is that we've got, giving an estimate on what it is that we're seeing and uh, being able to tell you how much time it's going to take in order to be able to get to where it is that you want to be. Um, and then the last thing, and, and this is not for everyone, of course, yeah. um, but the other thing it is that we're offering is if your historical data is absolutely critical to your business, then uh, we can certainly assist in doing these workarounds to be able to pull that data down so that you've got it uh, for all of your historicals. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Charles. It's always a pleasure. Taylor, it's great to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And I just want to remind all of our listeners out there that if they want to hear some other questions that were submitted by actual clients about Google Analytics 4 in the transition, don't forget to look at our show notes today because there is a link to download the recent webinar, which was hosted by Charles and then another AmericanEagle.com expert, Tim Alanius. Yeah. And again, let's uh, make sure to say to our, our listeners, feel free to reach out. Yes. Um, we, t- we feel plenty of phone calls and emails, questions, and uh, are more than happy to uh, be as informative as we possibly can. Yes, absolutely. And our email, just for all of you that are wondering, is info at AmericanEagle.com. Thank you. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Modern Marketing Messages. For more information about the topics discussed today, check out the description of this episode. And if you like this episode, follow the podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. While you're at it, give us a rating and share this podcast with others. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Modern Marketing Messages. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm Taylor Carr, and I'll be back with another Modern Marketing Message.